Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. What would you say you do here? The Bobs are coming. They, that, they'll be set up at their table with the open files in front of them. Not going not gonna to work here anymore. There's going to be plenty of that. It would seem that that is going to be the case as described. <laughs> what, what did Weeder say? <laughs> Someone said that people okay. better run for the woods. <laughs> I, well, I <laughs> <laughs> I've got it right here. This, this is my favorite paragraph where his source said, let's be honest. The Bears have been a rudderless ship for a long time. This here is about culture change. First order of business will be Kevin figuring out how to clean up the place. You have to get rid of a lot of dead wood. And that doesn't happen in five minutes. But you make it happen. And then you have to establish a concrete vision and a development of culture where there has been none for a long, long time. Ouch. Yeah. But this is what we were talking about. How there, I guess the best way to say it is legacy hires. Like there have been people who have, who have done, I don't want to act like they've done nothing. Like they've clearly done something to catch the eye of upper management or ownership. And then weren't necessarily held to the highest standard. Because of what they had done in the past. And it's kind of like, oh, this person works here because they've always worked here. It isn't just that. That for years, if you were part of the group that went to morning mass with Virginia, you were a part of the family. Yep. If, if that, and that was a big, big deal. If you and, and ask anybody who's worked for the Bears about what it meant for you internally and politically to be a part of the group that went to morning mass. And Lovey used to go to mass with Virginia. I'm telling you. For, for a really long time. Uh-huh. Because you shot. If I worked there, I probably would too. I, that would be a little weird, right? <laughs> but I'm saying. I just, I probably would have. The body of Christ. Uh, no, thank you. Right. I, 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 I ate before. I mean, I, and I don't know historically, with the, as the Bears go, if like. Phil Handler and Cliff Stein and others had had, had sort of gone along with You're that. Like, okay, <laughs> but I'm I'm just telling you what from what I knew about the about that team that I would have gone. I don't know that I would have gotten in line, but I would have been there and I would have said peace be with you and and, and also with you. And well, I mean and, that's a nice universal yeah, greeting. Absolutely, that's, that's a, not going to hurt anybody. No, You're just playing both sides. You know, just keep your. You ass never covered. know. Yeah. It's the ultimate CYA. This is also from the Weederer piece. Another prominent league source with knowledge of the inner workings of Hallis Hall said Thursday that he thinks Warren's impact on the Bears will be profound over the next three years, most notably with the stadium project, but not limited to just that. Quote, Kevin is an animal with everything he does and everything he's ever done. The Bears have never had anyone like him in that building. There are going to be people there who absolutely love this. And the people who have been in duck-and-cover mode for all these years, they are going to head for the woods. How about that? I mean, the woods are like right across the tracks. Oh yeah, from Hallisall, oh, full of deer and wild animals. You got all sorts of stuff over there. Yep, they could, but, they, they could be like Lord of the Flies and start their own little little sort of exiled bears community. Yeah, well then he's going to come in there with drones <laughs> and get them out of there too. Yep. 
But th- this is what a changing of the guard looks like. I I imagine, and I don't know what it was like for you on social. For me on social, I I kept getting Bears fans being like, yes, this is, yes, why haven't the Bears been run like a big boy organization? And this move along with, you know, honestly, like I think the, the Bears as an organization have had a great 12 months. You, you walk in and you say, this thing with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy is not working. Fine. We're going we're gonna to move on from that. We're going to go, we're going to do some different stuff with our hiring. They, they go and hire polls, very different move than they would ordinarily make. I'm still not 100% sold on whether or not he can do the job, but I appreciate that he was given the opportunity to, and that he brings Ian Cunningham in, he brings in Matt Eberflus, and it's just different. The approach with Justin Fields this year was different. And you got to see what it's possible that he can do because you had different people with different ideas trying to work the problem. And, and I don't want this to necessarily be a bash session on Matt Nagy, but he never seemed to want to work the problem. He just wanted to prove to you that he was really, really smart and his system works, even though there was no evidence of it working while he was the head coach of the Bears. So you, you do that, and then when they execute their plan, there's some luck involved in their plan being executed, but it was strategic how guys would end up on IR, that you're successfully doing this tank thing without it kind of looking like you're doing a tank thing. You're not giving the coach what he needs to, to necessarily win that week. You're making trades. One of them I have a big problem with, but fine. I, I get what they're trying to do. And then when the rumors come out that Kevin Warren is on the list, almost any of us that work inside of this industry, and I'm sure there were other people like, well, I know the name, but maybe I don't know who he is outside of the industry. We all like, yeah, this is this makes a lot of sense. Like this isn't the type of hire that the Bears ordinarily make. And then like that 12-month process where we go from the depths of the Bears being the Bears the last month of that season to now them making an honest move towards progress is is really encouraging. In so many ways, too, in, in all the symbolic ways that we've discussed that really are meaningful. Look, let's put a name on it. We can say the Bears. The truth is, even though we make fun of them a lot. It's George. It's George. It's George. It, it, this, this is, this is, uh, the credit is due specifically and primarily to George McCaskey. And, and I will say that while it's very easy for us to make fun of, of wealthy sports owners for being disconnected, out-of-touch plutocrats, he didn't carry himself that way. We would make fun of him for the silly stuff. Yeah. Drive, driving to the airport to pick people up and some of those things. And you can go a little far with, you know, I'm going to give the ice cream sandwiches and the, the, the being on his scooter in the South Lot and all that stuff. But the fact is, you'd rather have that. You'd rather have him being sort of aggressively kind of normal. Trying to connect. Right. Ra- rather than simply saying, I will be here in my private plane and in my private suite and going about a completely different level of interaction. And he kind of doesn't roll like that. 
like not at all. I, and I mean, like, a- ask in, people who know him or his neighbors. In real, in right. re- I, yeah. I have, like, yeah. and in real life, like, you're just as likely to see George McCaskey refereeing a soccer match in DeKalb or standing uh, next to me at, at the discount meet at Mariano. Yeah, like, yeah. You're, and and yeah. and I know when I was covering the Bears every day, George was still in charge of the ticket office. Mm-hmm. When the Bears are on the road, I'd see George on the road. I've seen him multiple times on the road in the stands talking with fans about their experience, about what they like, what they don't like. So I do think that you're right, that he deserves as much as we make fun of him, and he is deserving of that that too. We also should give him credit for listening. It's, It's one thing to kind of do the glad handing stuff. It's another thing to then take it and say, all right, is there something of value here that I can learn? And and what, whether it was Lamar Campbell, Janisha Wade, or Sam Acho that got in his ear, you know, during 2020. We're not here if not for that. We are 100%. We, I, we are not here if not for some of the cultural awakening that occurred across the NFL in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. And and it's George then being willing to listen and not go ah, 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 and not just say that it's lip service, not like or just or take pictures with right. all, look, we've hired diversity, equity, and inclusion people, and, and they're standing around me, and these are these names, and we move them up the masthead. I don't know how other people feel about this when it comes to trying to get things right from a racial or social standpoint, but I, I've always felt just try like just try. And I think that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing a man like, you know how hard it is for us to change. George was 65, 66 years old for, for a guy that old, that's got old money. That is the grandson of the founder of the league to be willing to go. I maybe I don't know everything. Maybe I don't understand things as well as I thought I understood them. To take the input from other people and then apply it. That's, that's like, it's such a big deal. It can't be overstated that when you find people like that who are willing to say, I, I don't, I don't understand why you feel this way. I don't understand where my blind spots are when it comes to some of this stuff. But I'm willing to listen, and I'm willing to learn where my blind spots might be and and then act on that. Well, it's also, and, and while it does sound a bit altruistic, it's also good business. Yes. It's really good business. And this was sent to me by, by someone who works with uh, corporations in this regard. And this was, a, this was a series of texts. One of the things about, quote-unquote, diversity – is that it's measurably valuable. He said, just crass dollars and cents value. He said, just last year, European researchers published a study of private equity in the British Journal of Management. They found that every point above standard deviation affirms women and minority rosters registered correlated with nearly 5% increase to the value of a deal. There are countless other examples, but the bottom line is this. 
women and minorities are worth more to companies than replacement level white dudes. And this is intuitive to many of us, and it may be only transitory if we can all open our doors. Diversity will cease to be a market inequity, which is what we what you want. That ideally, it, it that people who are who are gaining advantages through diversity now will lose those advantages once it becomes the way it's supposed to be. And he says this is one of the many reasons for the emergence of fascism, the people who can't bear to see their beloved market turn against them. But he said the, it brings us to the McCaskies. The shorthand, and with team owners universally, is that they're cheap. And the critique is they've been bad stewards. And even low-level workers know bad business practices when they see them. This means the bears are growing up. Couple text messages that come in. This text says, "Guys, will George really change, or will it look like he changed, like Rocky Wirtz?" Look, I don't know Rocky very well. I know George, I'm done with that team until he's gone. George is a better man than Rocky. That's a low bar. I, I'm just saying that I think that when we're talking, what what you need to hear when we're talking about George is a good man. Like he's a. I'm telling you, he's a good man. He's weird and so, sometimes a little bit out of touch, but in his heart and, and with some of the things that he does, I find I've always found him to be a good man. I cannot say the same uh, about Rocky words. Another texter said, would love to know what Lawrence thinks about the bears having a black president. I'm all of this stuff to me has been really significant. The black quarterback thing, Black GM, black president. It's significant to me for the charter franchise of the NFL to, because one of the things that they were missing was like they're kind of the the franchise that never drafted, you know, like a, a, a black quarterback early on in the draft, first round pick. That's significant to me. And seeing seeing the way that Justin Fields seems to connect with, different communities like I was saying him being in East Garfield Park the quarterback of the Bears was was in East Garfield Park a couple weeks ago at breakthrough him walking through the door and being able to like see him as like a real human being do you know what that does for for those kids who live in that neighborhood like it's it's amazing um and Look, I plan on high of of holding Ryan Poles to a higher standard, but to see him do the lift as you climb thing to me with Ian Cunningham, I think is significant. I'm a little disappointed in what happened with Lamar Campbell because it kind of felt crab in a barrel-y to me. And now to see Kevin Warren come in, and I think a lot of texters have been on it, when women or minorities get positions like this they are often criticized for being really tough in the the case of women bitchy in the case of minorities oh well he's a climber stuff like that that we don't put on Mm -hmm. white men who have same level of ambition it's it's because they're inherently worthy right and it, and it's seen as by that trope. It's it's a real positive if you're demanding and 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 you're the one that wants to get to the bottom of things and you're the one that's coming here to clean up because there are still people who have never been in a position where they've had a black supervisor or a female supervisor. 
that it's still a little bit jarring. So when I hear some of the criticisms on Kevin Warren, a lot of them are very easily dismissed to me as people not being used to what they're seeing. But yes, overall, seeing this makes me very proud. And I hope that that means that the Bears are moving in the direction of of doing exactly what Dan was talking about. Understanding how much strength there is when you go outside your bubble. When you go, oh, I would have never thought that this person would have been able to add value to us as a franchise. And then you look up and that person is doing tremendous things for you. That's what I see here. And, and I maybe I'm wrong. It's possible that I'm seeing something that I want to see. But my personal interactions with George, the stories that I've been told, the people who I know who have talked to George about a lot of different things, this is a good man who's trying desperately to change. And I think that that needs to be applauded. 